Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction, and free shipping, and that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements, featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. From Barangaroo Studios, the AusBiz COV is the key stuff you need to know about the day in business and finance. Well, hello, hello. You are listening to the COB podcast here at AusBiz. I'm David Scott. I'm joined today by Caro all the way to go and wrap up the month that was January. Caro, welcome back to the program. Thank you. Yeah, it's the end of the month, isn't it? And straight into the RBA decision on the 1st of February. Absolutely. We'll get to the RBA in just a minute. Uh, Obviously, uh, there's going to be a lot of attention there tomorrow, especially with most of the Asian region off for uh, Lunar New Year holidays. But uh, yeah, after what's been pretty much of a roller coaster ride yeah. over the course of the month, a bit of a whimperish end to the uh, to the to the uh, to the month. We saw the uh, XJO close down by about two tenths and a flat close to the X two C. Yeah, it's a uh, real change up for the books though. Instead of those cyclical areas being the areas of strength today, it was all about those long duration bond proxy names. Yeah, the financials down almost two percent on the sector. The tech space obviously getting that lead in from Friday's Nasdaq session up almost four percent. As a sector, the consumer discretionary also finishing in the green. Consumer staples down in the red. A bit of energy in the green as well. Yeah, we saw the crude prices were up and again today in Asian trade. So lots of positivity in that space. Uh, ARB, speaking of positivity, uh, an update to the market ahead of its uh, first half results uh, that will arrive next month. Up a lazy 8.6%, uh, top performer on the 200. Uh, certainly uh, still getting those tailwinds that uh, it enjoyed during the peak pandemic period when we didn't have much opportunity to go and spend our money elsewhere but on bull bars. Yeah, it's interesting to see, we spoke about it earlier, Scotty, that the Nikkei is up almost 1% on the day. The Hang Seng is also trading high. That's, of course, as you said, heading into Lunar New Year on a half day. But we're just not, we've not seen the gains here on the local market. Yeah, look, uh, yeah, some of the, the losses in the financial sector in particular are quite uh, substantial. ANZ down 3.6%, uh, CBA off 2%. Uh, that's despite the release of some pretty punchy uh, housing credit data today from the RBA, showing that the, uh, the fastest increase we've seen in over a decade or so in that space. Space, led by the investor uh, component nowadays, but certainly not getting a lot of love there. Maybe that flatter curve that we've seen uh, in the US filtering across to, uh, to the Australian market today might have something to do with it, but certainly an interesting move nonetheless. Uh, on some of the other corporate news stories out there, so from ARB at the other end of the spectrum, of course, Ansel. Now, it was a clear COVID uh, winner for a long period of time, then out with an update today, last day of confession season, of course, been uh, January 31st, warning about supply chain disruptions, margin pressure. Uh, not really a good look, particularly if you're a manufacturer uh, in this environment. Yeah, exactly. Well, we are heading into reporting season here locally. We've got some of the big names in at the US this week as well. And you and I had a chat with Julia Lee from Berman Invest this afternoon. She gave us a buy, hold, sell, but she also gave us the big thematics when it comes to reporting season. And of course, it is tied around those labour shortages, supply chain issues and lockdowns because of COVID. Yeah, Julia's not really rushing to go and do anything with Ansel at the moment, particularly buy it. Uh, I tell you another thing, she's not rushing to go and buy. She's uh, she's actually, her sell was the, uh, the bear ETF. So, 
So of course, you know, that's an ETF that basically you know, capitalizes on market weakness and increased volatility and the like. So she's selling the pessimism. She's buying positivity. And uh, she reckons that the earnings season might be the fill-up to go and uh, steady this market. It's shaky foundations. Yeah, exactly. Well, we've got to mention it now, don't we? The RBA tomorrow. Yeah, we do. Uh, well, what a job it's got on its hand to go and try and uh, walk back uh, its very, very dovish expectations at the moment. Uh, I'll be paying very close attention to what it says when it comes to communication, whether we might go and see a post-meeting, uh, no, last-minute presser uh, or a webcast that we've seen in previous meetings. But uh, the RBA has got this cycle so, so, so wrong. And uh, my view today is basically saying that uh, it needs to stop hiding behind uh, the veil of secrecy and uh, the opaque decision-making it comes when who's making these decisions and actually front up and, uh, and speak to the media and speak to the Australian people about the challenges at the moment. Because uh, certainly uh, anyone who was uh, you know, investing based off the RBA's principle that they're going to be uh, cash rate on hold for 2024 well, that certainly looks at this stage to be very incorrect. Yeah, there's just such a big disconnect with the market and the central banks at the moment, isn't there? We had a chat with Mark Todd from the Bank of China this afternoon. He said, look, the market is expecting a significant number of hikes from the Fed this year, but they can't run ahead of themselves. You know, increasing the rates that quickly, that fast, and so significantly after what has come after a two-year pandemic is dangerous. So where does that where is that midpoint do you think between the market expectations and where these central banks meet? Uh, I think the midpoint is literally like in the midpoint of those expectations because you think about the way that markets reprice now and in my 20 odd years in the markets I've never seen an era like this where things get repriced so rapidly and yeah. I find that the, like with any repricing a lot of it overshoots to the downside and the upside we saw that when people were talking about negative interest rates around the world including here in Australia uh, not too long ago then all of a sudden now we're talking about nearly five rate hikes in the RBA <laughs> over the course of this calendar year now look I think the policy normalisation has to occur the RBA has to acknowledge that we've got far tighter labour market conditions than it thought uh, inflationary pressures are certainly starting to go and build underlying as well which is that key measure so they have a job to go and, uh, and communicate that's going to be you know, the case that they've got to start to go and get things moving but to go to the same degree as what we're talking about some of the scale well that's just going to go and lead to by pancaking curves maybe uh, making the certain parts of the curve invert and then of course the next narrative will be talking about recessions and all that kind of stuff like we saw in the states not too long ago so i'm sure that's not what they want to go down the path of central bankers so i think that happy medium is literally going to be between those ultra hawkish views mm -hmm. the market hold at the moment and those more dovish feelings that uh, the central bankers have at this point we'll see what the rba comes up with of course tomorrow uh look uh, let's get back to some of the other guests we have some a great chat today with uh, e72's andrew brown now he uh doesn't come on the program all that much but i've got to say the last time he was on he was uh one of the few skeptics of the buy now pay later space and absolutely nailed the core uh didn't uh, didn't like him back then and even after the falls that we've seen recently he still doesn't like that space but he has some more contrarian plays out there at the moment to go and have a look at, including in some of those uh, troubled hotspots around the world, including Russia. There you go. Hot topic at the moment. We also had Luke Winchester. He was on the Small Caps uh, program this afternoon. He had uh, an interest in looking at the micro cap quarterlies and some of those thematics in the lead up to reporting season. 
So definitely check that one out as well. Yeah, the small cap program, a fan favorite. Looking to go and find the, the next small cap that will go big and uh, become one of those giants of the index. Uh, of course, from our little things, big things can grow. So understandable why so many people like that area at the moment. Look, uh, aside from the RBA tomorrow, the focus is really going to be in the States because most of Asia is going to be off. Uh, and we know the mm-hmm. Chinese market is going to be closed the entire week for, uh, for Lunar New Year holidays. We know that uh, Hong Kong is going to be off until Friday. We know that the other regional markets, Singapore uh, and the like, are all going to be off tomorrow as well. So it's going to be pretty quiet out there. So payrolls is going to be one of those, uh, those real pinch points. And that will probably go and help dictate what the uh, the Fed's reaction function is going to be when it goes and meets in March. Yeah, the expectation of, I think, uh, between 150 and 200,000 jobs to be added on Friday. And of course, we still are in reporting season. Some of those big names reporting this week, especially in the tech space, Amazon, Alphabet, Meta, all on the list. So some volatility expected. Uh, tiddlers, all of them. <laughs> Very small, but yeah, that, that'll get a lot of uh, focus. And it's really interesting, that space, because it's not so much the, uh, the margin side of the equation, because these, of course, a lot of them are basically basically, you know, have such fat margins anyway and uh, not really subject to the same supply chain disruptions that others uh, have experienced. So we'll see how they go and fare. Certainly the big end of town when it comes to tech has held up much better, of course, than those uh, non-profitable areas of the tech space uh, in the States. But uh, yeah, lots of interest in that space. And of course, we've got our own reporting season starting to go and get underway in earnest, albeit very gradually. But uh, over the next couple of weeks, it's really going to ramp up. Yeah, and of talking of supply chain disruptions, we spoke about Ansel ANN and it was our stock of the day. Nathan Summersunderham from Deep Data Analytics and Gaurav Sodhi from Intelligent Investor discussed. Take a listen. I am surprised at the amount or the magnitude of the downgrade. From what we can see, it's more macro rather than operational. So I'm always looking past those things because they tend to be something that you can get around. There's nothing wrong with the model. Obviously, macro is going to hit everyone. And so get ready. This reporting season, you're going to see a lot of downgrades. And so in that context, I'm not surprised. I, why would you sell something that's already downgraded and buy something that's going to downgrade? Yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? I'll buy this. Demand has just kind of leveled off a little bit. And so they're stuck with um, a lot of inventory that um, margins are probably going to be compressed for a little bit. And that reflects the, uh, the lower um, earnings. And at the same time, you've got... Uh, costs being um, being hit as well, so the the costs are rising as well. So you've got this this double whammy, and it's a pretty nasty compression of margin. But I do think both of those things are short term issues. This is a fundamentally very strong business. They're in one or two in all their major categories. It's a buy for me as well. This is okay. extremely attractive on valuations for a big blue chip. Not the fastest growing business, but high quality with good management and, and decent balance sheets. There we have it. The Ansel share price back at the uh, the lowest level since the start of the pandemic in the early throngs of 2020. It's prompting enough to go and uh, Nathan Summersundram and uh, Gareth Sodi both have it as a buyer. So Julia Lee not rushing to go and, uh, and scoop up the bargain, but uh, they are certainly in that boat. And uh, interesting to see a lot of, uh, you could tell about the price action today in Ansel. At one point, the, uh, the stock was down more than 20%. Uh, finished the day down about 13%. So shows that there was a few investors willing to go and buy that dip. Well, tomorrow, I'm pretty excited, obviously, about the Australian dollar. Might see a bit of volatility in that. It's managed to creep above that 70-cent handle today. I've got Tony Sycamore 
uh, on the trade prior to that reaction. So hopefully we can get a bit of forecasting in terms of where the local unit might go. Yeah, the, uh, the I've got to say the Aussie dollar fortunes on Friday really reminded me of just uh, month-end messiness. Uh, there wasn't really a lot of rhyme or reason to a lot of the other moves. Certainly the US dollar was really, really strong. I don't think it had anything to do with uh, a recalibration of interest rate expectations. I think it was purely a function of what was going on with month-end. We'll find out what happens in early February. We come, uh, come and talk this time tomorrow. And uh, despite what the IBA says, the Aussie dollar's up uh, no, 1%, we know exactly what was going on. But certainly that uh, moved below 70 cents. Uh, on a day of the iron ore price, went and popped in <laughs> nearly 8% to nearly 150 bucks US a tonne. Certainly uh, was a little bit odd. So we'll see what happens over the next 24 hours or so. That will be pretty informative as to what's driving the currency markets in that short term. Well, you mentioned it's going to be a pretty big day tomorrow. So what do you reckon? Cool our heels and uh, get ready to strap in and see what the RBA's got to say. Sounds good. We'll see you tomorrow. See ya.